Good evening, Rabbi Sam. In our uh, recent uh, several weeks, we touched on the idea that uh, there is a method that we can employ to help deal with what is often uh, very powerful negative thoughts and negative feelings, especially in terms of uh, our uh, core self-esteem. had the situation of someone experiencing that he somehow lesser than the people in his company and making more than him. And uh, one of the fellows in the yeshiva reported just after about hearing clearly in his mind this message, as we all experience, you're not good enough, you can't get the job done. You see, see, you can't do it. And we presented the idea, which has uh, good sources, that just by being in awareness, just by trying to sit back and observe those very powerful thoughts and feelings, we can accomplish a lot in uh, releasing their power over us. Because the main part of the power is not just the message itself, but our entire identification with it, our believing it, our somehow experiencing it as whatever I think and feel, that's me. And if I'm thinking of failure, then I am a failure. And by stepping back in our minds and seeing that we could just watch all this and listen to it, we could see that, well, that's not me. And that doesn't necessarily have to be believed either. And we could recognize that we didn't create all of this. It was not uh, premeditated. It was not thought out. It was not decided upon. It just comes to us these powerful thoughts and feelings. So we can recognize that they're not of our creation. They do not have any um, actual uh, identifiable basis. They are just a creation that Hashem of course has made for us to have the struggle with. Um, and if we could find any understanding of it, it might be in this very sense that by our trying to employ this method of just observing it, we make contact with the fact that the I, the observer, I'm not my thoughts and not my feelings, and of course, not my actions. There is someone, there is some entity at the core that is doing that, watching that, observing. And that is the spiritual component of the person. That was a uh, idea that was presented recently. And I hope that uh, this has been helpful, that it could be helpful in the future. Tonight, I would like to sort of utilize that same concept of trying to simply be in awareness, in observation of our thoughts and feelings as a method of trying to learn about ourselves, to gain a deeper understanding of ourselves through our life experiences, including experiences that 
could be, or maybe especially experiences that could be challenging, stressful, even painful. Hopefully to a manageable degree, but nevertheless, not easy. And to try to just stay in awareness a little bit of what we're thinking and what we're feeling and to see what we can learn about ourselves in that process. And this is the uh, meaning of what the title says from darkness to light, means not a light of totally removing the problem, which could happen at times, but even when not, the light of gaining wisdom is a very valuable light that perhaps in a certain way can only be gained through that real life experience and through trying to understand it as best as we can and learn from it as much as we can. And I think this could definitely be included in the category of uh, someone who's a Chacham, wants to be a Chacham, will learn from any source that he could learn from. Yeah, and also uh, over there talk about that the true definition of a Chacham is one who has love for wisdom. He is willing and eager to learn and gain from any source that he could. By contrast, someone that knows a tremendous amount, but doesn't truly value it, is not deserving of the title of a chacha, a wise person. Who is a wise person? Be'er says, someone who may not know anything yet, but he values wisdom. He somehow knows that this is the true essence of a human being. This is the greatness of man. And he wants to gain it and he will pursue it and thereby he will reach it. So it would stand to reason that if we can learn from our own selves, we should employ that source of greater wisdom about ourselves, of course, and maybe about all people many times. So of course this uh, requires being able to even sit with something that may be not so pleasant. We have a tendency to try to avoid painful feelings, um, especially in human relationships. Sometimes we you know, don't want to be feeling something that could even bring us to have some, some kind of complaint against someone or could lead to conflict. So we, we naturally or often play it down, minimize it, rep repress it, sort of try to avoid it. And there's also the aspect of, uh, you know, really wishing that I wouldn't be there. So there's some kind of a partial denial. I really don't want this to be what my life is like or to have this in my life. So I, I sort of tell myself, oh, it's really not a big deal. 
it's going to go away. Uh, I can get rid of it. They can get rid of it. And sort of gets um, to some degree denied. Sometimes, you know, it could be completely denied. It could be in total denial, totally unaware of what's going on. But even if it's not to that degree, we try to minimize very often. And it's quite understandable. But then we're not really in touch with what we're feeling, what we're experiencing. And the suggestion here is that it could be better to uh, sort of summon the courage. We might be pleasantly surprised. We might discover that some of those things that we're very afraid of or very disturbed by are uh, bearable. And maybe they're quite different than what we might have originally assumed. Maybe we could find something within them that could actually make it worth having had it or having it. So this is the, this is the basic suggestion. Um, allow me to ask everybody say, does this make sense at all? Idea that it is worth not, not um, it's like dwelling, so to speak, but allowing ourselves to feel fully, experience fully, and try to thereby understand better what really is at the core of some of our powerful experiences and feelings. And try to learn about ourselves through that. And of course, we may need an example or two, but in concept, does this make sense to you? Okay, that's good enough. So I'd like to, uh, to present to one uh, life situation as a, as a sample, uh, which was actually a true story, but of course there could be many variations of it. And maybe uh, we've all had something within this framework and uh, see if we can um, imagine ourselves now in that situation and see maybe what we can discover. So the, the situation is um, as it actually happened, best I remember having read about it, a, uh, a young man was learning in Kolel, been married a few months, has the opportunity to um, meet his wife for lunch at home one day. Usually he did not go home for lunch. Her work schedule didn't allow for that. And she had a day off. And they planned that uh, they would meet at home for lunch that day. Uh, and would leave enough time for him to get back to the cola for the second Seder. And he uh, was, of course, looking forward to that little get together. So he gets home, and uh, maybe I should say, you get home, if we're going to try to uh, put ourselves on the scene. And at that um, so agreed upon time, and your wife isn't there. And the same kind of thing also, of course, could be with a good close friend. Remember Rashi and Shabbos tells us um, where Hillel, 
told the gear, do not do to your friend what is uh, so painful, so hurtful to you when your friend uh, ignores you, overlooks you. So it could even be among two good friends. But we'll take the, the example as it was of a husband and wife. And uh, she's not there. And uh, you wait a few minutes. This, this, uh, this really took place before there were cell phones, but we'll update it. So you call her phone and there's no answer. And you wait a few more minutes and you decide to text her and there's no answer. And you're waiting. Finally, you see it's getting late and then, you know, you may not have a, ch a chance to eat if you don't get started. So you grab something and you have something just to make sure you're not going to be starving the rest of the day. And just about at the time that you have to leave to get back to the kolo, your wife comes running through the door. And she says, oh, I'm so sorry. I was in the store. I met my, my best friend from high school. We started talking. I totally lost track of the time. And then even when I realized that it was getting late, I just couldn't say goodbye to her. I couldn't tell that I have to leave. So you forgive me, right? And you say, oh, don't worry, don't worry. It's, it's okay. We'll find, we'll find another time. It's all right. But you don't have to get back to Kolo now. And don't worry, everything is good. But of course, everything is not good. And it is really bothering you. So like I said, you could take the approach of, I should not let this bother me. Come on, be a man. Just forget it. Uh, maybe you try that and it doesn't really work. And the rest of that afternoon, it's really on your mind and you really can't focus too well on the learning. And there's something that you want to really get a better sense of. What is this all about? Why is it bothering me so much? Is it just, uh, no, that uh, my time wasn't respected. We had an agreement, it's a lack of respect. I'll let you think about it for a minute, everybody say. Try to envision that scene and try to, uh, try to think about what that felt like what that means to you. What maybe we can learn from it. And if anybody wants to share something, they're invited. No pressure, of course. Okay, I'll, I'll say something. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. If I was that guy, I would be feeling that my wife, you know, doesn't love me like she should. And like, why is she putting this high school friend 
in front of me, like, you know, she's not being machshed of me. And she just totally doesn't get it. If she's saying like, you know, don't you forgive me? Okay. <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's um, probably uh, what most of us would feel. Absolutely. Uh, anybody want to add something to that? I think probably you could add, you know, just to add in, in, in more descriptive terms, aren't I supposed to be the most important person in her life? Yeah. How could she possibly be, how could she possibly have forgotten that we made up to meet for lunch because she was talking to her friend? Does that mean that I'm really not that important to her? Well, that's that's scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, I think there's room for me to ask myself, well, well, why does this matter to me so much? Do I really need that? Do I really need that I should be the most important person in the world to my wife? Aren't I okay with myself? Aren't I, you know, self-sufficient? Of course, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty um, upsetting or disturbing that my wife is not perfect in every way and they were far from it. If she could forget and if she could seemingly not be so remorseful. But does it really make sense to me that this should bother me so much? Is, am I a real man if it really bothers me? And, you know, if I hold it, I might come to discover that yeah, it really could matter that much. And maybe it's supposed to. After all, like the Rambam says, uh, the husband's supposed to be like a melech and like a sar. Is that just ego? I want, I want glory? Of course, I want to be the most important person in the world to my wife. Because she is that important to me. And she is supposed to be. So in a certain sense, it's really good that I feel this. In a certain sense, maybe it's really good that it happened. Because maybe only through this do I really come to realize how important she is to me, that her regard for me and my being important to her is so important to me. Like I say, that could be in the friendship also that Rashi refers to. If my friends ignore something that I asked of him and that hurts me, that shows me how precious that friendship is, that if it's ignored or diminished, that it's really painful because it's really so good and really so important.
so maybe from that painful experience, I could discover that I really have some someone in my life that is really important to me and who I know I'm supposed to be important to her. So it reminds me of one episode where uh, one of uh, my younger good chaverim was getting married and uh, we thought we left with plenty of time to get there and there was traffic and it was getting very late. I'm thinking to myself, oh man, I'm going to miss Yehuda Mendel's chuppah. Kabbalt. <laughs> and I realized, wow, that really b- bothers me. That must mean that, you know, we have some kind of a good relationship. <laughs> it's not because she's going to be upset at me. It's because I really want to be there. Oh, that's nice. In the end, we made it. But even if you would have missed it, which would have been disappointing and maybe even a little bit embarrassing, it might have been worthwhile as a means of discovering, oh, this was really some, something that I wanted to be at for the right good reason. Let's try another situation, sort of the flip side. Try to imagine yourself after finishing your years in Kolo, getting a job in a with a good company, gives you good hours. You can get back home and to spend some time with the family and even some learning. But your boss counts on you to get a job done. And Baruch Hashem, you've been quite successful with Hashem's help at doing that. Okay, when you had a lunch date with your wife, uh, once again, many years later, and a little bit before, about a half an hour before, your boss brings you something that he says, this is... This is not a big deal. You could probably finish this before lunchtime. You you can get this done. Can you take care of this for me? And you take it on, of course. And you realize this is not simple. And you try to get into it. And the next thing you know, your wife is calling. Say, I'm here at the restaurant. Where are you? And you go, oh my. <laughs> and she says, well, I guess you're not going to make it. And you say, I'm afraid not. And of course, when you get home that night, she's fuming. <laughs> what are you thinking then? Can you understand? Will you forgive me? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, I'm not a bad guy. It doesn't really show anything. 
I just I just got so involved. This, 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 this thing at work was like so complicated. I thought that I could finish it in time. And the next thing I knew was it was it was it was gone. You were calling. It's it's there's nothing here to be upset about. I didn't mean to do anything bad. Could also add in like I'm working for our family. Right, of course, right. Can't you forgive me? Okay, now let's take a step back, everybody say. Do we find anything interesting when we put these two stories side by side? What are we what are we discovering? Of course, that each person sees and feels their side of the episode very, very powerfully. And it doesn't naturally enter their mind, the other person's side. When our, our wife or good friend didn't make it, then we are very hurt and very disappointed and very shocked. How could something else have been more important than me? But we don't naturally project that onto the other person and say to ourselves, oh my, she must be feeling the way I was feeling. She's feeling is my husband's work more important than me? Could he for, have forgotten that we had a, a date, that we had a plan to meet for lunch? Could he have forgotten? Does that mean that he doesn't love me? Does that mean that his work is more important, his boss is more important than me? No, we don't naturally project that. So how can we even discover that. I'm afraid the only way we can discover that is by feeling our feelings, allowing ourselves to feel how, and, 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 and remember how we felt and experience how we felt. And that can give us something, even though it's not gonna be the same, of course, because no people are the same. And maybe to the wife, the husband is even more important as the Chazanish writes in the place. To, to the wife, the husband is everything. But if we do, we could perhaps have some inkling into, okay, that must be how she was feeling. Wow. Go ahead, Menachem, go ahead. So I think it really depends on the person because my reaction was to that second scenario that like, wow, I really messed up big time, I'm a failure. <laughs> not like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like I'm, you know, it was the exact opposite. So I think, I don't, I don't know if it's just my temperament, whatever it is, but it sounds like, it seems like it can be very subjective to the person's self-esteem and, and a lot of different factors, how a person would react. Absolutely. And then you can use that too. You could say to yourself, wow, 
and my wife might have also been feeling terrible about herself, even though she couldn't find the words to express that. But she might have been feeling terrible about herself that she got carried away and didn't make it on time. So I could use my feeling and essentially, initially for its own sake, I can discover, oh, and by observing it, I have this tendency to naturally react with being harsh on myself, um, labeling myself as a failure, as one who cannot be good in a relationship. And then I can be able to question it. Is that really true? Is that really the, the MS of who I am? Of course, there was a failure. There's no denying that. Of course, it needs to be owned. It needs to be apologized for. But I can question, does that really mean that I don't care about my wife? I don't think so. It just means that with, with, with that good caring, that sincere good caring, and that sincere good willingness and commitment and readiness to be there for her, it's still possible to get caught up and to forget. And look at that capacity that's in the human being to be able to be just taken over by something, evolve with something, and forget even very important things. Wow. Look at that. That's also something I could learn. I can learn about that power in a person. Certainly, I don't want to hurt anybody else. I don't want to wind up feeling bad about myself. But there's still this power. There's still this weakness. There's still this nature. Oh, I may have to be more alert in the future. I'll have to set an alarm for myself. Even though I think I couldn't possibly forget. Now I know I could forget. And, you know, other good methods that uh, could apply in each situation. But it's, it's only by, by allowing myself to sit with it and say, look what happens. If I cannot bear the, the, the awareness of my having messed up, I'll have to rationalize it and push it aside and try to forget about it and move on and don't, don't pay attention. And I'm, I'm not saying I should sit and wallow, <laughs> but I mean to say, so give it its place. Let's see what happened here. What, how did this happen? Let's learn from this. If we, could, if we could see it, if we could feel it, if we can learn from it, then in a certain way, of course, it will be all worthwhile. Malkam Shabbat Shuvahimdim is the highest. David Malch said, if I had not been a Cheshach, I would not have been in the great R. So sometimes from those failures can come out great, great growth. So we shouldn't be afraid of those either. And, you know, on the flip side, I have a feeling about myself that I didn't really mean anything bad. Maybe I can understand my wife not being so remorseful either. She didn't mean anything bad. It didn't mean to her that I'm not important to her. She, she doesn't think about it that way. But she got carried away. She got taken over. She forgot. It could happen. Could it be that if she would be totally absorbed in our relationship, that it wouldn't happen? 
maybe, but that's just not the reality of life. And that's another thing that I can discover. That some of the things that I'm imagining as what are supposed to be may not really be the truth. That's not how people really are. Maybe after many, many years, there could be a, a kind of relationship developed that it would be impossible to forget. We can only hope. But uh, it's better to be in touch with the reality and work from there. Oh, okay, I see that there are still other people that are important to her. I need to make room for that. I need to be accepting of that. I need to be giving of that. Oh, if I can, if I can be sort of accepting and understanding that she has a very important place in her life that are her, her, her friendships and respect that. That's a valuable gift that I'll be giving to her. So I can, I can learn from that and, and use it in a constructive and a positive way. But that, I can, that can only come about through this process of my sort of you know, being honest with myself. I didn't mean anything bad. And she didn't, she didn't either. It could happen. Why does it happen? Because we are very human. We have many parts of us that work on us very powerfully. Oh, what can we, how can we learn from them? What can we do with them? How can we address them? Virtually any life experience will be a means of able to learn from, able to take greater insights. Certainly the, the powerful ones. Would, would Rebbe say the same thing if the example was that the, the guy was working and it was 20 minutes before Shkia and his boss came in and said, I need you to take care of this. And then he forgot to dab mincha. You would bet. that be the same exact thing or is it different than Um, You know, it's similar. It's similar. I don't know if it's exactly the same thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get into, you know, judging. The, the value of of course his wife's feelings you know is very very important um you know, that may be even more important than mincha far you know that's, that's not our our uh, our purview right here but um yeah just like it could happen to mincha it can happen in real life relationships and we know what could happen to mincha does that mean that we don't care about mincha? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that uh, it's really easy to forget. And the list goes on. And we could try to watch when something really powerful is happening and, and try to understand what is, this, what is this really all about? I remember catching myself one time being like so focused and what one of my older children was doing. Every single motion was like laser beam focus. And I, I was wondering like, what is this all about? Why do you really expect him to be perfect? Like, okay, he's still a kid. <laughs> Why am I so focused on everything he's doing? Oh, because he's so important to me. Because he's so important to me. That's why I'm so focused on every tiny little action. 
okay, take it easy now. You know, you know, you have to like give him some space. But really, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's good that he's, he's my child. He's so important. It wasn't because I have to make sure that I look good through his good behavior. It was just whatever he's doing, it was like, oh, wow. Okay, look how important the child is to the parent. That's, you know, that's basically very good. So there could be some things discovered that even through something very painful. I'll share one more. For years and years, my father, the Chalim Rocha, and I used to fight every Friday night over whether the Chavetz Chaim derech of learning is a good derech or not a good derech. It was week after week after week for years. With, you know, no resolution, of course. And very intense. Eventually, he went to speak to Rashiva, and Rashiva called me in, shared something with me, and uh, that helps uh, for things to calm down. But when I look back at it now, and I ask myself, what was that really all about? I have a thought about it. My thought about it is, that it is extremely, uh, what to say, critical, desired, so important to a parent to have interaction, to have connection with their child. And, and the more like intense it is in a certain sense, the more that they experience it. And of course, the ideal is if it's in a pleasant and you know enjoyable way. But if somehow that's not so available or so easily accessible, Sometimes conflict is a much more easily accessible method. Now, I don't believe this was, this was done you know, in any kind of premeditated way. This just somehow naturally played out. And there's you know, powerful forces deep within us. But, but my strong belief is that that was what really was all about. That's that need to have interaction, have connection, with your child. And it can play out even sometimes in, this wasn't you know, harmful, Baruch Hashem. It was just not so comfortable. But sometimes they could play out in you know, even you know, not good ways. But at least it can come, sometimes play out in very powerful ways. And uh, I think I sent it myself. Like, wanting to have some kind of a powerful interaction with my children, even for arguing about something. Well, it shouldn't go, you know, get out of hand, but <laughs> there was one episode where after my son came to Shiva here in Queens and there was something that was that he heard in the Shiva and I was questioning it and Maybe something that I said didn't sound quite right, and he really let me have it, but good that what I was saying was really off base. And my experience of it was like, oh, wow, that's so good. So much attention I'm getting from my son. Oh, schmuck. Even though he was telling me that I'm crazy, 
but I didn't experience it as like, oh, I'm being put down. I experienced, I experienced it as like, wow, so much attention I'm getting from him. So I was fortunate in that situation to be able to have that presence of mind. Let's say, you know, it had been very different. I felt very hurt. I could have still, you know, experienced it, watched it, felt it as like, oh, this is why is this so hurtful to me? Because my son is so important to me, is telling me that my ideas are wrong. Oh, that's essentially a very good thing. And maybe my whole experience with it is not totally bad. And we could sometimes find that, that in something that is stressful, painful, that there is an element to it that's contributing to it that's really very good. And that we could find if we like allow ourselves to feel it without judgment, without judging ourselves necessarily at being at fault, at least not initially, just watching the scene, trying to get in touch with the scene. What happened here? What is this all about? What's going on? What's at play? It's really not judging ourselves for having something stressful in our life. It's very easy for a person to judge themselves whether they are successful by their life situation. Is everything smooth? Is everything comfortable? Everything good? Everything is in order? Okay, then I'm good. If something is disturbed, something is stressful, something is challenging, something is painful, oh, then I'm not succeeding in life because success in life means having everything, you know, nice and pleasant. But of course, that's not really what life is for, to have everything nice and pleasant. And it can even be in, in something very small. One, one day last week, I misplaced a safer. I couldn't remember, did, did I leave it in Kesa Torah? Did I bring it home? What happened to it? I couldn't figure out how it got lost for a day. It was very upsetting. What was that about? Was it the loss of the money? I wonder if it was the loss of the money. It can be replaced. You know, the safe is available. I don't think it was just the loss of the money. It was like, this makes no sense. It's like a disturbance. Like, what's going, how did this happen? Like, where, where, where did this go? Just having something in your life that's like out of order. It's also painful to us. We want things to be in order. It should be Masudar. It should be everything, you know, working, functioning, smooth. But, you know, there are a lot of parts of life that are not going to be smooth. Some of them are very important parts. And we need to be able to be accepting of that. And, like, even observe that, that desire that we have. We want things to be everything in order. Try to understand what is that about. I wonder myself. But to be able to be accepting of that there could be confusion. We need that for learning. We come to learn something. We want to do it in an open-minded way. So we have to be ready that there will be a lot of things we won't know. There will be a lot of aspects that won't be clear. And on the one hand, that's difficult for us. We, we, we crave that everything should be clear, straight, 
known in order in its place. And here, you know, in your own stand, the 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 the, the Chumash, your own stand, the piece of Gemara, your own stands, things that are even very important in life that are in the Torah. We have to be able to be accepting of that. But the more that we can realize, oh, there is this power within me that wants that it should be nice and, and resolved. But that's not how it really is meant to be. That can enable me to be accepting of it. Hashem has designed the process of learning in a way that it should be with that struggle of not knowing, trying again. Sometimes we, we receive a gift, some clarity, what appears to us to be some clarity. And, you know, that's a special moment. But a lot of times, you know, even things that we would expect to be clear, a page of Mesut Sasharim, it's very hard. <laughs> you name it. So, uh, I'm hoping everybody said that we could uh, try to utilize this method of just holding our experience in awareness, trying to get a sense of what we're feeling, what it's all about, what that represents, and what kind of work we may need to do to try to become stronger or not to be overtaken by that. A lot of what we'll notice is just thoughts and feelings. There'll be thoughts in my mind. That means my wife doesn't love me. Does that mean that I'm not important to her? Does that mean that she has no organizational skills? These are just thoughts that are flooding me. They may not have any reality. But there's a cause of their, of their origin. They may be a cause of their origin, a very good cause, because that person is so important to me. That's why there's so much worry and fear and anxiety associated with that relationship. Okay, that's good. So this is the uh, suggestion of said to take all our life experiences, even the hard ones, and even the ones where we ourselves messed up, and use them as a means of discovery, of learning, of bringing some light into our life, and maybe other people's, and then uh, discover that that could be what it was all about, or at least a purpose of it can't claim to know exactly why Hashem is doing something, but this we can know for sure. Whatever is in our life, whatever is in our mind, is Hashem's creation. And it's for only His purpose in the creation to bring to us, through our partnership, the maximum good that can be given to a person, the closest to Him. So all we have to do is look at it as how is this a means coming close to Russia? What can I learn? What can I take out of it? How can I grow from it? How can I become wiser from it? Where's the Chachma here? Within myself, my feelings. Even in my feelings. Then you know, we'll be able to be okay. <laughs> We'll be able to face it. We'll be able to take responsibility. 
will be won't be devastating. We'll be like, oh, okay, this is a unique kind of growth. And as we know from Chazal, even the failure is the is a unique means of of growing higher, of coming closer. As Mufarish and the Midrash and Chuma describes the situation, the Midrash and Tulum that the Benyoni brings of friends that uh, had a disturbance in their relationship and they had to repair that and they became closer than ever before. That's Ramak Mishbali Tshuva So it could be Bali Tshuva between us and Hashem. It could be Bali Tshuva between one, us and one another. And uh, who knows what can come out. <laughs>